This is a Socialist News and Views special report. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios with this special report. On Wednesday, April 18th, 2018, huge protests developed in Nicaragua against austerity measures. Here we remember that protest and uprising that started four years ago this week, and we honor those who gave their lives in the struggle for a better world. Of that day, April 18th, 2018, World Socialist website said in their article, which came out a few days after the start of the protest, quote, after the Social Security Institute in Nicaragua, INSS, announced Tuesday a ruthless austerity package directed against the country's pension system, the largest protest since the Sandinista Front for National Liberation, FSLN, returned to power in 2007 have erupted across the major cities, while the government of the longtime leader of the FSLN, Daniel Ortega, has called on its supporters, operatives, and police apparatus to launch a permanent defense mobilization. Itsgoingdown.org had an item on April 25th of that year, 2018, entitled Hotwire Number 28, From Nicaragua to West Virginia. The item includes a podcast episode where they speak with an anarchist in Nicaragua about what they call, quote, weeks of anti-government revolt in Nicaragua. But Daniel Ortega remains in power, with analysis from Liberation News saying last November, quote, the Nicaraguan elections on November 7th returned a large majority for President Daniel Ortega and the Socialist Sandinista National Liberation Front, FSLN, Ortega won approximately 76% of the vote with 65% voter turnout. For context, the 2020 election in the United States saw 66% voter turnout, which was the highest for a presidential election since 1900, end quote. But many continue to call Ortega a dictator and claim that election was a fraud. We have a short special this week because I was out of town visiting the Born Again Labor Museum in Illinois, which I will be bringing you more information on in the future. But I encourage everyone to do their own additional research on the current struggles in Nicaragua, as well as the history of struggle in Latin America in general. And now we go to an essay, which is an eyewitness account from those days on the ground in Nicaragua during the uprising by an American tourist. The essay argues clearly that the uprising was indeed a mass movement with huge popular support. The essay is read by a computer to disguise the identity of the writer as they wish to remain anonymous. An American tourist during the Nicaragua uprising of April 2018. Nobody saw it coming, which is why the country was operating like any other time. Life was going on as normal and tourism was flourishing, showing off the beauty that is Nicaragua. From one day to the next the country erupted into something I had never seen before. I am familiar with protests and direct action, but none of that prepared me for the full-scale revolutionary uprising that I would be witnessing in the following six weeks. The conflict protests started over a social security cut that would affect the oldest and most disabled Nicaraguans. Some university students went to protest and stand up for their grandparents when they were authorized to shoot at them. The brutal gunning down of 15 university students was the tipping point and the country exploded into an unrecognizable place. The people unified in a way I couldn't have imagined. Parents, neighbors, youth, 
priests, teachers, unions, farmer collectives and friends. The public sector held back and didn't choose a side, ultimately waiting to see who would win. The solidarity was shocking to be honest. In America I always hear people defending the police shootings and trying to blame the victims, it felt great that everyone was on the same page. Only a dictatorship could kill 500 of our precious few university students and Nicaragua doesn't tolerate dictators. After that switch was flipped, there was no going back and unbeknownst to me a plan of action that would unfold at the speed of lightning. It seemed like a race between the government and the people to see who could shut down the country faster. Starting with individuals digging up the bricks that paved their streets to form barricades of protection. The government cancelled buses and closed the gas station, trying to freeze everyone in place and prevent a massive mobilization. It was a war for the streets and the people were winning. The people tore down the political symbols of the dictatorship like the Tree of Life monstrosities that are found throughout Managua wasting electricity. The people pulled down these huge metal trees filled with light bulbs that waste government money while many towns don't have electricity. As the trees fell there was pure excitement and joy in the air. The movement created beautiful art, new revolutionary music, and had a sense of humor that blew me away. The jokes, memes, attitudes, signs, songs, and videos were brilliant, hilarious and filled with inside jokes or references to the last revolution. In the midst of violence and danger I saw brave people come together and maintain a healthy sense of humor. It was beautiful and at the same time I was terrified of the violence and instability. At one point while the police were targeting college students a message was received from the rural farmers campesinos. Stop attacking the college students. You wanna fight? Fight us. We are on our way and we still have our guns. A day later buses filled with farmers showed up in the capital city to stand with the university. The streets were full of hundreds of thousands of people, united. The government was scared. They actually said, never mind about the social security cuts, but it was too late. The uprising was in full motion and misuse of power to kill students was inexcusable. I was beyond impressed with the bravery I witnessed. The people with the biggest targets on their backs were the most outspoken and willing to fight. There was zero respect for authority or business as usual. In Granada, a major tourist destination filled with backpackers, the mayor's office was set on fire right away and because all files were paper, not yet digitized, it went up in flames. There was no arguing over what needed to be done as things escalated. There didn't even seem to be much discussion. Just teamwork, people power, direct action and a clear collective memory of revolution. Prisoners were taken on both sides and exchanged peacefully by a priest carrying a white flag in an area of armed conflict. A national dialogue was scheduled, mediated by the church with all sectors of society being represented. University students, rural farmers, private sector, unions and the two faces of the dictatorship. The day of the dialogue all of the barricades were taken down to show good faith. If the dialogue went well they stay down. If went bad they would be built again, higher. 
dialogue did not go well. Eventually all vehicular transportation was shut down including the Pan American Highway which would be closed for 14 long days. Peace Corps volunteers were removed from all their remote sites, evacuated to Costa Rica and actually never returned to Nicaragua. Forty years earlier Nicaragua successfully overthrew an American dictator. That barely ever happens in history where a small country with a clear disadvantage actually gains sovereignty. That is our special this week. As always, you can reach out to us with other perspectives, disagreements, music, essays, etc. via Facebook or SoundCloud or via email at socialist.news.views at gmail.com. Thank you. This has been a Socialist News and Views special report.